Welcome to the Winning with Shopify podcast. This is the podcast to help you scale your Shopify store into a money-making machine. Your host is Nick Truman. He's a Shopify expert and the CEO of JustAskParker.com, a global specialist marketing agency for Shopify owners. Nick will be sharing his knowledge and interviewing the experts to help you thrive and build a business that makes you money. For exclusive offers, bonus content, and weekly episode reminders, join our mailing list at winningwithshopify.com. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Here's your host, Nick Truman. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Winning with Shopify podcast. For anybody that has not tuned in before, welcome to the show. Absolute pleasure to have you with us. Please, if you like today's episode, hit the subscribe button. And if you want to send us a quick message or check out a few new things that are going to be launching over the next few months, go and check out our website, which is winningwithshopify.com. So all one word, winningwithshopify.com. Go on there, send in a message, and the team and myself will pick that up and come back to you as quickly as we can. Today, we've got a really interesting episode ahead. And for all of you guys working on Shopify, running Shopify stores, you have almost definitely come into contact with apps at some point. So today, we're going to be talking with a particular uh, company that own lots of different apps. We're going to be talking through some of those apps. And the killer question at the end to stay tuned in for is, what happens when you add too many apps and everything slows down? Something I talk about quite a lot. So we're going to come on to that at the end. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce my very special guest today. To be brutally honest, I've been trying to pronounce his name <laughs> for the last few minutes and failed. So why don't you introduce yourself on this occasion? And welcome to the show. Absolutely, absolutely. A huge pleasure to be here. And um, thank you so much for the invite. Really cool to kind of have the chance to talk a bit about how the businesses are going and just um, the space in general is behaving. My name is Joel. Uh, so it's a, bit, it's a bit of a weird one, bit of a weird one. Uh, <laughs> I've tried, I've tried. Classic Portuguese, you did a great job. You did a great job. But yeah, everybody struggles with it, which I guess is kind of funny because in Portugal, it is a super common name. So in Portugal, when you say it, people are like, oh, okay, just another one of these. But then whenever I'm overseas, it makes for a great icebreaker because no one could say it. So in any case, it generates conversation. So I guess that's, that's the, the good bit about it, right? The good bit about it. And the good thing is that's a long explanation. It justifies the fact that I didn't even bother to try and say it because <laughs> actually I just don't want to offend you. But um, anyway, massive thank you for being on the show. Tell us a bit about yourself and tell us a little bit about the business and then we'll dive into uh, talking about apps. Yeah, 100%. So I've been in tech and e-commerce for a few years now. I actually first uh, started a Shopify store myself selling at the time comic book merchandise because I'm a bit of a geek. Uh, then moved into <laughs> nice. other SaaS-like companies and eventually found my way into SureSwift Capital where we basically buy and grow a multitude of software businesses and we have a big focus on e-commerce and Shopify. So in that context, we have several apps that fulfill several purposes in the Shopify ecosystem that will help uh, Shopify store owners, merchants fulfill their business needs in a lot of different directions like inventory, conversion, optimization. Personally, I'm managing an app called Back in Stock, which uh, helps you monetize your out-of-stock products by notifying your customer that your out-of-stock product is precisely back in stock, right? So that's quite self-explanatory. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's very cool because you really get to see the different angles of the the, 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 the merchant and the, the store owner. And obviously, there's a lot of different aspects that come into a winning, a winning strategy on Shopify. And there's definitely more than one. Uh, and we kind of take pride in being able to help them along the way in, in, in a lot of different ways, yeah. 
Nice, nice. So for everybody listening, the way we're going to structure today is we're going to be talking through a few different apps. So a few different apps these guys have got, some of the problems they solve. And obviously, as a disclaimer, you know, we're obviously recommending you guys go and download these, but there are other options out there. So feel free to have a look at some of the ones that these guys have got. One thing I've noticed as a neutral in this situation, these guys have got lots and lots of reviews on lots of their apps. So as you just heard, we're going to be talking um, about back in stock first. That's going to be the first one we're going to talk about. We're also going to talk a little bit about SEO. We're going to talk about how to get good cross-selling where somebody adds a product to cart and you convince them to add another one to cart and buy more than one product in one go. And then as I said at the start, that bonus bit at the end, we're going to be talking about page speed because my first thing I always say with apps is like, yeah, this app's amazing. Go and download it, but make sure it doesn't kill your page speed. So we're going to give you a little solution to that at the end, which is quite nice. So first of all, let's talk about um, back in stock. So give us the problem. Like when would you need this app? What's the scenario and what damage does it do to customers? hundred percent. I think that's exactly the, the best, the best way to look at it, which is what's the context, what's the problem, how does this play into that? Um, let, let's picture that you've got any time you have a product out of stock and you can't sell it. You're basically losing sales that you could be making if there was stock there and you get a customer to visit it. So think about it. The fact that you're basically spending money and putting a lot of effort and time into bringing people into your store, into optimizing your funnel, into getting them to the point of in, uh, where they're interested in actually making a conversion so they want to make the purchase and then you don't have stock and you just lost all the money and effort and that sale is probably going to a competitor and that is hugely frustrating a huge waste of money and a huge problem right like if you're not properly uh, managing how you can leverage these items these products even when they're out of stock that's a huge missed opportunity. So that's why it's very important to have in place an out-of-stock strategy. And and I want to say out-of-stock strategy because there's multiple parts that play into that. But the key reasoning here is whenever, and obviously you can make the best inventory management in the world, you'll always have out-of-stock products eventually, right? Not even, like, no one can, it's very hard, right? So just, you have to kind of take that for granted, obviously trying to minimize those time times as much as possible, but it's just reality, right? And within that, then the logic becomes, how do I face that out of stock reality and make the most of it, right? So the key component to the centerpiece to a winning strategy, we believe, is basically being able to monetize those products and re retain that visitor that you got to the product page interested in purchasing. So for that, we use the app back in stock, which basically enables you to put a button on the product page of your product that enables visitors to leave their contact to later be notified when the product is back in stock, right? So let's say you've got a product that's not in stock. People come in, they want to buy it. Oh no, this is back. This is out of stock. They register when you get the stock back three weeks later, they're notified, yo, this is back in the store again. They're like, oh, perfect. I really wanted that sweater. I'll go back. I'll go to the product page and I'll purchase the sweater. And this sounds like, oh, okay, that's it. That's pretty simple. Thing is, this is like magical because this is a real problem. Like people, if you, if you ever buy online, you know, this kind of stuff happens all the time where you want to just, you want to buy something and it's just not there. And you're like, well, now I got to wait or like I got to look for a different product. Well, you do wait, but you can buy the same product. So that's brilliant. And that's kind of the the centerpiece of the of the strategy and the main, uh, I guess, use case for this. There's other use cases, but Nick, sorry, if you'll let me kind of fly off the handle here, I think it would be maybe interesting to kind of also talk a bit about what this out-of-stock strategy is that I've been kind of referencing because the app can be a, a huge a huge part of that, but you, you have to consider this as a bigger thing, right? So you've got people visiting 
products, they're not converting well, potentially because the product's out of stock. You can think about running retargeting campaigns, remarketing campaigns for these people, right? Just make it a more inclusive approach. Perhaps there's a way you can recommend products to people you know are visiting a specific type of product. Make it a more inclusive approach. Um, something very interesting you can do is put these products on pre-order, basically, and then you can monetize them anyway, or if not, you can still get notifications when the products are available for pre-ordering. So that's another way to think about the out-of-stock strategy, right? You can enable pre-orders, say you want to gauge demand, for example, right? You don't have the inventory, you just want to, you want to forecast the demand. Okay, another great example. You put the button there for people to be notified when the product's back in stock, even though you have no product, for example, and then you understand, okay, if I do create this product, theoretically, how many people will buy it? So that's a kind of a different use case to the centerpiece of recovering a sale, which is you can also just be forecasting how many sales you would get for a future product you are ideating. So kind of two different use cases. It kind of flew off the handle a little bit. I hope that made sense. But uh, just kind of <laughs> illustrating that there's more than one use case for this and and kind of the applications you can you can build around it. Yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely. Look, there's loads there. And I've been making notes while you've been chatting. So I've got a few questions, I think, our audience is going to want to know about this sort of thing. I think one of the biggest things you've mentioned is the fact that if somebody has a product that's gone out of stock, the fact that customers can still buy it, I mean, you call it pre-order, but having the option to actually still buy something that's not currently there, I think is really, really powerful. Because what you're enabling the customers to do is they can still pay for something that they want. So you've not got any disappointment. They're also not going to be emailing you constantly saying, when's it arriving? When's it arriving? And be disappointed if it takes a long time because you can say this is going to take a while to arrive um, with a perfectly good reason. You know, it's currently out of stock. We believe it's going to be back in stock on X, Y, Z date, you know, whatever date that is. And then they still have the potential to have it delivered on that day. I think it's really powerful. It also means that you guys as merchants, as Shopify store owners, before stock has even reached your warehouse, a nice big percentage of it is already sold. So I'm a massive advocate of this sort of thing. What you can also then do in terms of advertising and you know something that all well, our regular listeners know that I'm obsessed with and it's my profession is Google advertising. So being able to still have products running on Google Shopping, for example, on the basis that people can pre-order them, I think is really, really powerful. Um, so would you recommend then that every time a product goes out of stock and you know it's coming back, would you recommend they use an app like this or use your app and start selling that product immediately? Or do you, would you recommend that actually it's better to have them put an email address in and email them when it's back in stock? Yeah, that's a great point. And I think that's actually, there's a lot of room for interpretation there because it. I think a lot of it depends on, do you plan to restock soon? Do you plan to gauge demand or do you really plan to recover sales? And then depending on the use case, you might want to do one or the other, right? There's obviously the need, if you want to, for example, there's kind of the added benefit of using the contact for later do advertising. So for example, if you're looking to do this on a low average uh, value product, you perhaps want to go for back in stock to then build that user base to then perhaps market for other higher value products, right? That's just, just an example. But if you're, going for uh, hardcore monetization and seeing how much people want something, you may want to go for the pre-order strategy. On a more of a regular basis, on the day-to-day -day life of a store, 
back in stock makes more sense the button i believe for these kind of cases where you're gauging demand where you're exactly like, like you said right right leveraging the out of stock as much as possible pre-orders makes more sense in my in my opinion it's actually funny you say that because us as an app we're focused on the notification but we're actually building the pre-order functionality as we speak. So in, in a matter of, of of months, we'll actually have both and, and become like kind of an all-encompassing solution for both needs because, uh, yeah, because we kind of saw exactly what you're saying, which is there are two sides of the same coin, right? You either, you, you, you it's a choice and you should be empowered to do both. And, and that's exactly which, what we want to do. Cool. Well, I think it sounds good. And as I say, from a kind of marketing point of view, there's nothing worse than knowing traffic's reaching a page and you can't buy the product and there's no kind of next step. And I think that's the biggest thing that obviously this this app solves. And as I say, there's lots of other apps out there, but back in stock, um, you know, to give you an idea, um, anyone looking around for, uh, for apps, this one's got nearly 550 reviews and they're pretty good. You know, people obviously like this app. So um, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely go and check it out. And you guys also have a free plan, don't you? You don't just have to sign up to the fully paid version on day one. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So you can just sign up for the free trial. That's that's, that's uh, two weeks, and then if you're not sending enough notifications, if you just want to use it sparsely, you can just stay on the free plan, keep it free, use it for just light planning, and then when you kind of understand the 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 way it fits into your out of stock strategy, the way it fits into your your marketing strategy, then you can perhaps think of of going all out with it. Something interesting is there's the email notifications, but you can also use SMS notifications. We're shipping out web push notifications as well, so you can if you've got strategies running on these different channels, you can kind of use this as a complementary product as well on the different channels, which I think kind of can help you decide if you want to go free trial or if you want to perhaps make a more elaborate uh, bet on, on the place this takes in your strategy. Yeah. Nice. And, and that kind of leads me to quite a good question, I think, or quite an important point. And I think this is bigger than just this one question about where customer data sits, where it's going, et cetera, et cetera. One of the questions I get a lot from from Shopify store owners is they just have so many systems, different systems, sending out notifications all over the place. So Shopify is sending out emails saying, you know, your order's on its way. Thanks for buying from us, etc. Then you've got Clavio or MailChimp or something sending out newsletters. And then you've got a different SMS system sending out exclusive offers to VIP customers. And, and it goes on and on and on. And there's all these different systems going on in different places. You might even have, um, for example, you might even have like Facebook Messenger sending stuff out to people all over the place. And it, again, it gets complicated. But your back in stock system, that decides when to send someone a message and everything. But you can, you can plug it into other systems, can't you? So you can keep a much closer eye on what customers are getting, what communications from what systems about what things. So, yeah, exactly as you're saying, I think it's natural that people want to kind of have a tighter control over what's happening. Our product and our app is very much a hands-off kind of thing where you, you set it up, it's working in under the conditions you want it to, it's working with the strategy the way you want it to, and then you can, it's kind of like working for you permanently, getting you money all the time. So exactly so you don't have to come to the app all the time and check out the results. We've kind of integrated with the main key apps that people use on a, on a daily to, to kind of manage, is the word I'm looking for, manage these contacts. So like we integrate with MailChimp, with Clavio, all of that. And just, um, yeah, just because we understand that there's a need to kind of centralize that management and people don't want to be running around hopping uh, between one and, the, one and other apps. Long term, I would say kind of, uh, if I'm maybe a bit self-centered, there's definitely an interesting angle of thinking about how we can 
become that centralized place of managing notifications. But I think that that's kind of a more of a long-term, long-term play. And, and thinking more about the store owner, yeah, it definitely makes sense that you guys want to minimize the amount of time you're spending hopping around between apps and like focusing on on, on what on, on what matters so like getting them all running in the best way possible is what, what makes the most sense and i think one of the dangers is you know from looking at customer service inquiries at some of some of the shopify stores we work with you get this some people saying like you guys are hassling me you know i've had a text message today i had two emails one telling me something was back in stock, another one telling me I've ordered something. And then in the afternoon, I got another email with your newsletter. Like, again, having one system that has some logic in it to say, you know, a customer will only ever receive one communication a day apart from orders or order information, I think is really important in that. So. Yeah, 100%. And, and I want to even take that, that a step further when you think about uh, the the end customer, right? From the stores, they're probably in a similar position. So it's also important that the merchant themselves can kind of get to a place where they can centralize the notifications they're sending out and that the end customer is receiving um, from a customer standpoint. So um, yeah, it's, exa- it's exactly as you're saying. Like, There's a, a lot of stuff going on, a lot of noise. It's important that you kind of have a management strategy to it that's, I think, also why kind of most of the apps we work with, we want them to have kind of like plug and play approach of you set it up, it works for you ongoing, you don't have to like keep looking at it, you can come back and adjust it, which is what I would expect people to do, like you set it up, you see the results, you change something here and there to improve the results you're getting and then you keep going like that but it's not like an active use it so you can benefit from it kind of thing because yeah like let's face it people are busy it's very hard running an e-commerce store so we want to empower people to do their best work and that means giving them time to do their best work definitely i absolutely love it and again if you want to check that out it's called back in stock and the name just quickly change your windows yeah there we go sure swift capital is the name of the app developer as well so um yeah feel free to check that out as i say the free plan let's talk about something else then so you flowing on from this topic of conversion rate and back in stock helping you create a conversion create a sale when actually you might lose one tell us about your cross-sell app then i mean firstly for anyone who doesn't know what is cross-selling absolutely absolutely so cross-selling is when you're basically selling a related product or an associated product to a customer that is buying product uh, one, right? So just on the top of my head, like if you're basically selling, uh, I don't know if it's going to be a good example, but like sneakers, then a cross-sell would be selling socks to that same person because they're related products that kind of satisfy the same need, which is to be not walking barefoot on the street, basically. But uh, yeah, this may have been a bit of a, yeah, exactly, just an illustration. Mm, definitely, definitely. And I think from, I mean, again, you, you mentioned about you talking selfishly. I'm selfish for a second. I, on Google advertising and also on SEO, if people on average are buying like 1.2 products and you get the cross-selling working well, that if anybody puts, a, I don't know, a bed in their basket um, on, their Shop, on their Shopify store, to then be able to say to them, well, would you like some bedside cabinets, some table lamps, some bedding, some a mattress for it, et cetera, et cetera. Again, getting that extra order value in there is is absolute gold dust. It means we're making more revenue from the same amount of spend on advertising. Or in SEO's case, we're making more revenue from the same amount of users coming in from Google. So yeah, I highly recommend it. Um, tell us about your app. Like, What does your app do in terms of cross-sell? Like, how does it work? What sort of that's the problem it tries to achieve, but what sort of things can it can it do that might not be out of the box from Shopify or from any other apps? 
Yeah, for 100 percent, man. Uh, and by the way, I think this is actually a very interesting combination of us looking at like what the average uh, store owner would need mm. and what an app developer looks at, and then what. Uh, someone from the marketing perspective looks at, and I think it makes for a very uh, diverse approach. So I think that's that's a pretty cool way of analyzing things. Um, in terms of the app uh, and app itself and the use cases, I just want to add to the previous topic that um, along the same lines as cross-selling, you've got upselling, which is basically on the same uh, need. You sell a product that will kind of complement that. So if you're selling a sneaker, that could be like, I don't know, it's like some fancy sneaker laces or something like it's just an additional component yeah. to the same need that's the example i gave yeah it's, it's, sorry is the upsell not the cross sell yeah exactly 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 just kind of trying to illustrate that uh yeah 100 and and like exactly like you said the main purpose of these is to increase your average order value increase the number of products that you're getting out per visitor which is just phenomenal in terms of return right uh, basically what the app will enable is you to make recommendations on your products of these associated upselling or cross-selling products right so you're selling sneakers let's advertise socks let's advertise laces something like that and what it does is you can choose what products you want what products are associated with what with with jesus with which products that was a hard one to get out um <laughs> And uh, and basically uh, have them be recommended uh, to individual products in your in your store, or you'd say you just want to push out five products, or you just really want to get rid of them. You can also kind of like in, indiscriminately uh, recommend the same products across the board. Mm-hmm. But yeah, obviously, like you need to think about how that fits the end user and if that makes sense but it, it, it might make sense for your store and it is a hugely popular solution because like it's like it, again same logic right it's working for you you set it up and you're automatically potentially increasing your average order value just from having it there and setting it up so i don't know just even as a business person i just love these concepts of it's working for you and you don't have to do anything so i think that's great yeah definitely definitely and i think most customers as well they might go on google and type in something really specific but in my experience customers don't really know what they want (laughs) and i think that's always quite amusing is um we see it most of all if you look at if you were to pull off a report from say google shopping so you pull off a report on your site that tells you these are all of the products that we've advertised that have generated sales. If you can get that report to show you, maybe in a spreadsheet, you've got kind of column number one says, these are all the products that were advertised that people clicked on. Then you've got the next column that tells you how much revenue was generated from that, from those clicks, from those products. And then the next column tells you what products were actually purchased. And what you often find is the product they clicked on on Google, um, one of two things normally happens. Either A, they buy a, that not the product they clicked on, but they find a similar one. And that's good. That means your website is introducing them to new things and making recommendations and saying, you know, you're looking for this red pair of Nike trainers, but actually you might want this black pair over here that are a different model, slightly different price, might be a bit cheaper. And your website is doing a good job in terms of getting them from product A to product B. The second thing it might be doing is they might be looking for a pair of trainers, but actually buy, I don't know, a, a, I'm going to go really extreme here, a new car. <laughs> you know, they might be looking at some <laughs> night trainers and end up buying a car from your website. If you're a very common cross sell for the average visitor. Exactly. Right? I mean, who doesn't want a new pair of shoes when they're getting a car anyway? Um, exactly. But again, using that as an example of they, they came in from through one product and bought something else. And that for me is often the justification when we sit a client down and say, 
look, we want some cross-sell and upsell apps here. We want something to say, if you're buying a pair of shoes, get some socks with it. But actually, if you're buying a pair of shoes and some socks, why don't you also look at jackets? Or why don't you actually look at um, some home furniture, for example, like a shoe rack to put your shoes in, especially if it's like a safe you know, space-saving shoe rack. It fits the minimalist design of that shoe they're looking at, et cetera, et cetera. And I think thinking really kind of long-term and again, a lot of the questions we get asked by a lot of you guys that are listening, a lot of the questions are along the lines of how do I know what product to stock next? You know, I'm selling t-shirts and we use clothing a lot as an example. Um, but yeah, say you're selling t-shirts, what product do I stock next? There's a few options. You know, you could go down the road of sunglasses and using a cross or upsell app, you might just get, you know, sort of 50 different pairs of sunglasses, one quantity of each, um, put them on the site and see if five or 10 of them actually start to sell and then order five or 10 of those in. And, and you can use back in stock while you're waiting for them to arrive. But 100%. I think using, you know, starting to use this data to make some of these decisions is, is absolutely fundamentally important. Um, so you can then start making better decisions going, we're going to buy this product in. Because actually, if we put that product on our shelf, A, we think we can sell it. And B, we've got the technology, the upsell and cross-sell apps to actually get it in front of people. And as I say, when we look at those, um, the, the reports of what product we advertised and what they actually bought, often it can be very, very different. And sometimes it can be like 80 or 90% of the products we sold were not the ones they clicked on on the website. So if you don't look at that data correctly, what you might do is you might just look at the Google Shopping data and go, okay, well, everybody's buying this particular bed um, or everyone's clicking on this particular bed and buying something. Therefore, we're going to push that bed more in our advertising than all the others. But if you don't look at the data, you might actually be killing the wrong products on shopping or actually killing the wrong products on your website that people are actually buying. So you need to look at the right data. And, and actually, the more you use cross-sell and upsell, you give a better UX to your customers. And actually, there's going to be more of this going on as time goes on. Yeah, man. I mean, just like so much knowledge shared right here. So that's beautiful. <laughs> Honestly speaking, that's beautiful. And I'm older than I look. I, I <laughs> that magic does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But what I was saying uh, mm. was, what, what I was going to say was, first of all, I think that's uh, very accurate what you're saying about customers don't really know what they want and how people might leave with something different. And then you have to kind of adjust your analysis to that. An interesting point about this upselling and cross-selling logic as well is that you know the profit margins you're making on each product. So you can also kind of architect things in a way that you can get uh, a combination of a lower margin kind of hook product that then leads to a higher margin upsell or cross-sell, kind of like a more uh, traditional retail brick and mortar retail store usually does right and and that strategy is something you can use the apps to leverage and uh, enables you to kind of get those high margin products out the door maybe more easily right like kind of the same as you would go buy a burger and they want you to buy a drink as well and the drinks where the margin is right so yeah, kind of yeah. a similar logic you can apply online and and i think that's really cool um something i want to kind of say piggybacking off of this point is you were saying earlier about how you make sense to test and to understand which products to kill and understand what people are looking for so you can kind of understand where that demand's coming from. And I think this is kind of makes is part of that out of stock strategy I was referring to earlier because you want to have uh, some way of forecasting your demand on a regular basis so you can kind of be predicting what you're stocking and what people are going to need 
at different times of the year for different products. And and I think it's important that you have that in place. For example, uh, we talked about back in stock being able to forecast the demands for different for specific out-of-stock products, but you can go further than that and just analyze your inventory very deeply. Um, I'm, I'm just kind of making the point that anal- analyzing the demand of inventory and forecasting inventory and forecasting demand play a huge role into setting all these pieces in motion, basically. So, yeah, just kind of iterating, uh, just reinforcing the, the point of, of the importance of that. Lovely, lovely. Right, let's let's move on to the next one then. So we've got, um, we got one more app we're going to talk about today, and then we've got another app, which is going to be a surprise bonus. So pretend I didn't say that. And when we get there, mm. everyone could be amazed at how, how this last app solves the problem of all the other ones. Um, so we'll come on to that in a sec. But, yeah, the next one to talk about is your SEO app. Now, we've got, and I don't want to steal too much thunder on this one about it, but it'd be interesting to see the difference between this app and another one that I'm not going to announce the name of, but one of the biggest SEO providing pieces of technology in the world are coming on our podcast in the next few weeks. I'm now checking my diary just to make sure it is actually scheduled. It is scheduled. Um, but yeah, I won't say who they are on this, this podcast because it's not been completely confirmed yet, but they're launching or have just launched an app on Shopify um, for the first time. So that app doesn't have anywhere near as much or as many features as yours does. So I guess the best way to introduce this app and to kind of hand over to you to tell us more about it, I think is to actually say that a lot of you guys listening to the podcast will have caught our episode a few weeks ago where I was talking with an SEO guy and we weren't talking about apps or anything like that. We were just talking about the fundamentals of SEO and what sort of stuff you should be optimizing and doing. Plus, I mean, given that I'm obsessed with SEO, we've had a lot of SEO people on the show over the years. So your app, I would argue, doesn't do SEO for you, does it? But it, it makes some things a lot quicker and easier. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's probably the best way to look at it. Like, there's definitely a component of SEO that uh, the app does for you, right? There's a huge part of it which is just that you install the app and then it will basically find all the areas of optimization that you have to fix, and it will fix all that it can fix for you, like uh, whatever, like small small code mistakes. Um, but obviously, there's stuff like you need to add if you, for example, don't have a um, description on an image or uh, sorry an alt tag right just uh, these these kind of more manual tasks there's definitely obviously then the possibility of us doing that for you so we kind of uh, uh, like follow that up with like a partner logic of okay you don't know how to do that we'll do it for you that's fine uh, but i think there's that there definitely needs to be and there definitely is the logic of empowerment of use the app find the, the potential problems you have and like on an ongoing basis keep keep your keep your app on a um, lean machine in terms of seo basically mm-hmm. and yeah I, I think i think you've done a, a really good job actually of, there's a lot in this app and actually concising that down into just a few bullet points the the, the trouble i always find with seo apps and i, I i'll be honest i've not i've not used yours before but it's certainly going to be on our radar now for the next um the next time we've got a client who's like right we need to do some seo we need to get structured data sorted we need alt tags on images etc etc which one do we use we'll definitely give this one a play and but again just looking at the page there's there's so many things in there that it can do and actually what a lot of them don't do that yours does is the keyword side of things we have so many clients that get so obsessed with like what some tools call technical health scores so they score out of 100 like you know how many of your title tags are too long how many of your descriptions are too short and how many of your images don't have alt tags how slow is your page speed and they try and give you the score out of 100 and 
you have to couple all that technical stuff with keywords and content. Because otherwise, you've got the best technical site in the world. Google can read it quickly. Users can load it quickly. Um, everything you'd expect to be there is there, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But unfortunately, it doesn't have the keyword bit. So Google goes, this site's great, but I don't know what to rank you for. So I like the fact that yours has that keyword tool and suggestions in there. Um, and does, does that actually monitor keyword rankings and things for you? Does it feed back and say, you're now ranking for this keyword, um, you know, you're in 10th position on Google, um, and couple that with the other recommendations it's making. So I'll be very transparent. I am not yep. directly involved with this product on a daily basis, so I actually don't know. <laughs> okay. But um, it looks like it does that, though, yeah. which is good news. A hundred percent. What I will say is that the logic is definitely there where you want to make sure that you're finding the keywords that adjust to your audience and then adjusting all SEO and the content at the same time. Otherwise, you'll have the perfect mm. website for someone else, which you definitely don't want. Yeah. So the app definitely helps with both sides. Uh, and, and we definitely thought about that. Yeah, that's cool. Cool, cool. And again, I'm on the app page at the moment. For anyone listening, there is a free version of it. So you can go and have a play. Um, quite a few of the really cool things are on the paid plans, but they're $29 a month and $39 a month for the super pro one. So yeah, not not expensive at all. So I highly recommend going to have a play with those. It's called Plug In SEO or PISEO as I know you were, you were saying yeah, um, earlier. Um, but yeah, there's a free plan available. You can also do a 14 day trial, et cetera, et cetera. So go and check that out. It's got two and a half thousand reviews and it's like just, just under five star. Um, so again, recommended by the people using it, which is cool. So finally, oh my gosh, we've added all these apps and like I, I warn people, Every single time we mention apps, I always feel the need to give this disclaimer as, you know, someone who wakes up in the morning to do SEO and, and work on Google Ads, page speed just gets absolutely killed by all these applications running. Shopify is not the fastest thing out of the box anyway. So then if you couple up all these other bits and pieces in the background of things like, um, you know, an app that's like changing a font and you've got another app doing your cross sales and you've got your SEO app trying to give more and better code across to Google. And then you've also got your back in stock going, oh, no, this product's out of stock. You guys have a PageSpeed app, don't you? 100% do. 100% do. Uh, and yeah, it's beautiful you say that because as part of like an inclusive solution, you need to take that into account, obviously, like the load speed and um, the the weight of the site and the stuff you're you're showing immediately. So yeah, a huge area of optimization is definitely stuff like images. And we've got an app called PI Speed, like on a first name basis, plugin speed, that enables you to basically optimize the speed of your store automatically and find areas of optimization uh, in terms of code and image size that will basically make your store load faster. So like if you're kind of building a whole stack of productivity solutions on top of your store, on top of Shopify, you definitely need to consider the speed aspect that you just so well said. And, and this is a way to do that uh, very easily and very simply. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And some of the things, again, kind of half reading the bullet points and half going from, from my experience and knowledge, um, the plans basically are the same, but it just depends how many images you have. So if you've got, if you want to optimize up to 10,000 images, it's $39 a month, up to 50,000 images, $79 a month. It also does a lot of other things like lossless or lossy, as it's sometimes called, where it basically compresses and um, encrypts the images and then it reloads them on the page. So it's not loading the actual image. It's basically rebuilding the image as part of page load to make it super fast. It minifies JavaScript and CSS, custom style sheets, which may mean absolutely nothing to a lot of people listening. And that's absolutely fine. Um, it makes your page quicker, is, uh, exactly, is what I'll exactly. say. 
Shopify works on JavaScript, so you can't not have that. And CSS isn't absolutely without that. The web page just wouldn't it wouldn't look like a web page at all because the CSS literally tells it what color to be, font sizes. So again, these guys have got a seven day free trial. And what I would highly recommend with any page speed app and something we do is we we do a Google Google Page Speed Insights completely free. Run a test on your homepage. Run a test on at least three or four collections. Run a test on at least three or four products. Then install something like this. And again, it's a seven-day free trial. So install the seven-day free trial. Optimize all your images. Do the compression, um, all the minifications. Turn on as many settings as you can. What I sometimes do as well is I turn on like one setting. So I might just do the images and don't turn the other settings on. Run another page speed test and go how much has that increased in speed. And then eventually kind of add all of them and see how much those Google page speed recommendations are increasing um, in terms of speed because Google page speed gives you a score. I wouldn't even worry about desktop that much. Click on it and have a quick check, but mobile is where it's at. Mobile is where most people shop in the UK and US and across Europe now and lots of other countries might add. I know we've got a very global audience. So I don't want to be um, in- inclusive or exclusive, but the, yeah, but check out the page speeds before and after the app and see how much you can improve it. The other thing to check, and it's a bit of a word of warning that I managed to break on one of our internal WordPress sites the other day, which one of my staff said, who the hell's done this? And I had to put my hand up and say, I'm the boss and I did that, apologies. <laughs> you know, but I will go and fix it. Um, I installed some PageSpeed apps on WordPress and used the CDN, the Content Delivery Network, and made it all really fast. And then I loaded a page and realized the big header image was actually loading really thin almost like the, 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 it was on mobile and it wasn't. I was loading it on a desktop. So again, just just be conscious of things like that and tweak the settings to see if you can get it to fix. My advice, if you can't fix it, just turn bits off until you get a chance to get a developer or, like you know, last week where we had Shopify on the show, they were talking about the experts.shopify.com portal. You can find an expert in there, um, somebody with, for example, like a developer who can go in and um, reinstall the app for you, but also make a few tweaks to the code and the way things work so that you don't get any of those issues. So the idea is you want to increase page speed without changing any of the look and feel of the page. So there we go. In a nutshell, four apps in 40 minutes. And again, I think four very, very simple, but very key ways people can increase revenue. A hundred percent. I think uh, the, 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 the main thing to keep top of mind is that there's so many components to a successful uh, e-commerce strategy that even if you're not doing the best you can with all initiatives, being active and just having really good things moving and really solid strategies in place in every front will really help you. And then over time, you snowball on each strategy. You don't have to be perfect from the start. And, and that compound effect will, will really solidify. And over time, uh, you'll really see the difference in, in areas like SEO, for example. That's definitely true. And areas like demand forecasting, that's definitely true. And um, so I, I can only kind of uh, advise everyone listening to kind of at, at least consider these areas as potential areas of improvement and areas that will definitely impact your conversion, your bottom line. And yeah, give it some attention and figure out ways you can, uh, with our apps or not, work on them. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, look, as I say, we've shouted out all the different apps. Apart from going and downloading the apps, how can people reach out to you guys? Like, what's a good way to, uh, to get in touch? Just reach out to us in terms of the app. You can reach out to us on backinstock.org. The, the website's the easiest way. Or you can go on uh, Shopify uh, app marketplace, find back in stock, and then contact us via the developer contact, whatever is fine. Or you can just go on SureSwiftCapital.com, contact us there. We're always looking to partner with cool people. We're always looking to hire cool people. And, and yeah, just get in touch with us and we'll be happy to talk about 
all about how you can increase your sales. Lovely. Well, it's been a real pleasure having you on the podcast today. So thank you so much for your time. Absolutely, Nick. Thanks for inviting me on the pod. Take care, man. Cheers. And for anybody else listening, back again next week as always. And I should have said right at the start and completely forgot, if you didn't catch last week's episode, go and check it out. Because last week we had Shopify themselves on the show talking about a whole range of some not so new, but not very well known. And also some absolutely exclusively new things to help you grow your business, especially from a financial perspective as well. So um, lots of love. Thanks for listening this week. And we're back again next week. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter for exclusive offers at winningwithshopify.com. And don't forget to check out our Facebook group by searching for Winning with Shopify on Facebook. Over and out.